In this episode of Get On Code, we deal with, it's not a black thing. (laughs) You know, we've developed this habit, this tradition, this insight that we're supposed to always integrate our coffee. You know, we're always supposed to mix some, some sugar and some milk and maybe some other flavors into our coffee. And in doing so, we dilute our coffee. In other words, we're diluting our power and we don't even realize it. It's time for us to get on code. All right, welcome to Get On Code, the Fly Guy Show, which is a series of melanated conversations focused on empowerment, health, wealth, and knowledge itself. People think in binary choices because they are conditioned to. And on the wall was a picture of a wolf and a lion. I think the wolf was the Democratic Party, the lion was the Republicans. But the drug trade and all these illegal stuff that uh, people do, that's still economics. It's just that they couldn't do it in a traditional system. We're talking about melanated wealth. So we can build wealth, but we just, for some reason, don't seem to be able to transfer it. You had a great experience. Fine, that means nothing. What were you told as a child about education? You had to be how many times better? Every impression without an expression becomes depression. Peace code keepers, knowledge, knowledge. I'm gonna kind of deal with something that happened a few days ago. So, you know, we celebrated Juneteenth in a natural, I mean, a national manner recently. And this elder, Elder Opal, uh, was invited to the White House. And she was there when President Biden signed the executive order, which made Juneteenth a national holiday. Now, here in VA, two up, two down for VA, um, it became a state holiday you know, official state holiday last year. So, in her talk, and you can, you know, you can look it up, she talks about how Juneteenth is not a Texas thing. It kind of was. How Juneteenth is not a black thing. Kind of is. That Juneteenth is uh, a celebration freedom for everybody. Now, when I use the term black, I'm not talking about skin color or hair texture and or indigenous or aboriginal descent. And we realize that here in North America, some of the first people here look like this, <laughs> look like me, look like some of you. Right. Um, we realize that. OK. We can't depend on our elders, <laughs> you know. Uh, their mentality needs to get smacked in the face. We can't depend on our elders uh, in a couple of areas. You know, our elders grew up, our civil rights soldiers, as I put them, our civil rights soldiers like, you know, Queen Opal here. And I salute her. You know, she did, I'm sure she did her work during her day. And, you know, I'm sure that the consciousness that was available for her is the consciousness that she uses in trying to propel our country 
and our people possibly to greater heights. Look, when we look back at Dr. Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King wasn't supported by his congregation when he first started getting heavily involved in the civil rights movement. They were like, in words, sit down, you're going to get us all in trouble. <laughs> Mass ain't going to like that. We dealing with enough already. We don't need no more stuff. Ain't nobody got time for that. The elders in his religious community, in his congregation, weren't really supportive. They were like, you're doing too much. This is not the way. Why don't we just let Jesus handle it? You know? He persisted. He worked with groups that dealt with younger people. And the gains that happened during the civil rights period, particularly those that were connected with Dr. King, happened because he didn't really deal with the elders during that time. Not to, I mean, if you look at the people who supported the activities that Dr. King was involved in, you know, he didn't write all those activities. He didn't design all those activities. They weren't all his brainchild. He worked with SNCC, uh, NAACP, other groups that were out there. So he wasn't supported by his elders at first. Once he had some traction and they realized, hey, these things that, you know, Dr. King and his contemporaries are asking for can actually happen, then the elders started supporting him. But he wasn't supported by them at first. And it's like this, you know, somebody didn't think somebody can run a mile in a certain amount, of, let's say uh, um, five minute, a five-minute mile. That was just unbe un, you know, unknown. And then somebody did it. And once somebody did it, other people were able to do a mile in less than that time period. You know, once people see and experience that something can be accomplished, then they believe it. And then more people exceed that previously unsurmountable situation. And that's kind of what happened with the civil rights struggle. You know, for decades, our people were saying, hey, America, you're treating us wrong. Hey, America, the judicial system isn't just for us. You know, hey, America, you know, these acts of terrorism keep happening and it's still happening. Hey, you just seem to turn a blind eye on it. Hey, Democrats, y'all ain't doing nothing. Hey, Republicans, y'all ain't doing that. Well, that's still the same now. <laughs> um, my point is, until the civil rights strategists and soldiers had some wins, the elders weren't rocking with them. We can't trust our empowerment to our civil rights soldiers. They may love us, they may support us, but they're not going to have our consciousness and our awareness of things that can change. Dr. King had a, uh, you know, that famous impromptu speech that became known as the I Have a Dream speech. Now, to be absolutely truthful, everything he said before I Have a Dream was gangster. It was powerful. It was empowerment. It was the type of thing that really would change the direction of our experience in our America. And unfortunately, after the I Have a Dream speech happened, America focused us on that so heavily that we missed everything that was revolutionary that was said before that portion. 
you know, when Mahalia said, tell him about the dream, Martin, tell him about the dream. And then he went into his extemporaneous speech, his impromptu speech, his freestyle, <laughs> uh, the I have a dream speech. Everything he said before that was revolutionary. And that's the part that I think a lot of us miss. But three years after that, I have a dream speech in a interview on one of, I think it was NBC, it may have been ABC, but I think it's on NBC. In an interview on NBC, Dr. King said, we were overly simplistic. Our dream has become a nightmare and we gave up the goods too easily and we sold ourselves too easily at a cheap price. Don't believe me. Research it. Three years after, it may have been four years, three or four years after the I Have a Dream speech, he recanted everything he says, but America still promulgates and our elders still promote that speech that he recanted. We're more interested in integrating ourselves instead of getting empowerment. And we keep seeking to do so. You know, the civil rights struggle started out for civil rights. Hey, I'm an American. I live here in America. I pay taxes in America. I should have the same rights as all other Americans. And I should not be discriminated upon because of my ancestry. They weren't asking to sit necessarily at the same table in the same restaurants. That became a tactic. That became a tactic of the civil rights struggle to make sure that we were seen and that the things we were asking for would come into fruition. But it's interesting how America and the power base in America said, oh, let's give them integration. Let's give them the ability to sit next to, you know, their, their white brethren and sister and family. You know, let's give them integration. That'll shut them up. That'll stop the progress. That'll stop them from fighting for reparations, which started in the 1800s. You know, the federal government and some of the state governments paid some of the white and Native American slave masters for losing some of their property. And some of that property, that former property said, hey, state government, federal government, we need to have reparations as well. That happened way back then. It's not a new conversation. Don't trust me. Pull it up yourself. Pull it up yourself. Hey, since then, we've been fighting for a better experience with the judicial system, a better system with the governmental system, a better protection from the terroristic acts of evil supremacy, particularly white supremacy, and systematic racism. And we keep getting ignored. <laughs> right now, we keep doing this to ourselves. We keep saying, it's not about us. Well, my Filipino brothers and sisters weren't enslaved in America. Now, in mass, our Italian brothers and sisters weren't enslaved in America. There may have been a few, 
you know, because, you know, here in America, uh, some of the first enslaved people were the Europeans, you know, they used to snatch people out of Europe and as children and bring them over here and enslave them. They didn't last long. And then they tried our indigenous people here, uh, the indigenous people who look like us and look like the Asian Native Americans as well. Um, so, so before they imported the, uh, the African ancestor uh, people, the, the Africans over here, you know, they did enslave the indigenous or some of the whites as well. But in mass, the Italians weren't in, in you know, weren't, Juneteenth has nothing to do with the Italians. Juneteenth has very little to do with the French. Juneteenth has very little to do with the Koreans. Juneteenth has very little to do with our Dominican brethren and sisters. A, Juneteenth has very little to do with our Boricua family. In mass, Juneteenth has little to do with our Caucasian family. And we keep saying, it's not a black thing, it's an American thing. You know, during Black History Month, you're going to hear some of our brainwashed, and I understand why but our brainwashed elders and even some of the youth who've learned from our brainwashed elders saying, well, you know, black history is really just American history. The history and accomplishments and challenges and celebrations of the people who are global, our people are global. How can we say that global activity is American history? American history would be a small chapter in the history of, um, of the world. And if we're global people, we're going to be in a lot of those books. If we say African-American history, okay, but black history is not American history. And some of our elders keep saying that stupidity and teaching that to our children. The accomplishments and history of our people in Puerto Rico is not necessarily American history because Puerto Rico didn't become a part of the United States until a certain time. The history of our people in Mexico, in Mexico, is not part of American history. The history of our people in Cuba, the history of our people in Japan, the history of our people in Africa, the history of our people in Canada, not American history and we say that stupidity and by doing so we diminish ourselves we need to focus on empowerment and so our our, our Caucasian <laughs> Caucasian brothers and sisters who are now fighting against CRT are saying the same thing we shouldn't distinct this group we should just celebrate everybody What Sister Opal here is doing with her argument, it's not a Texas thing, it's not a black thing, it's an everybody thing, is saying the same silliness that the CRT fighters are talking about. <clears throat> Juneteenth does celebrate the time period in Galveston, Texas, when one of the final groups, 
one of the final groups realized and were notified that the enslavement process had ended. Now, it didn't include, the Emancipation Proclamation didn't include five states, Delaware, um, West Virginia, some other places. So it wasn't an all-American thing. It didn't do all of America at that time. Also, there were numerous slave masters, you know, people who considered themselves to be slave masters, who didn't tell their enslaved people. <laughs> so you'll find that even after, you know, the Juneteenth moment, when in Galveston, Texas, they found out that they had been in, um, freed, you'll find that even up to 100 years later, there were people who were still enslaved who didn't know it. Don't trust me. Do your research. We keep seeking to include everybody in our stuff and not be distinct. Miss Opal describes herself as a black woman, but says that Juneteenth is not a black thing. Is Cinco de Mayo a everybody thing? No, it's not saying that everybody can't celebrate Cinco de Mayo. That's a different conversation. That's not even an argument. I'm not saying everybody can't celebrate Cinco de Mayo. But Cinco de Mayo is not a everybody war is over celebration. St. Patrick's Day. Everybody can celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Everyone can participate. But it's not an everybody thing. It's not an everybody thing. I have Irish ancestry. It's not an everybody thing. St. Patrick's Day is not about everybody. Christmas doesn't celebrate Muhammad. Christmas doesn't celebrate Buddha. Christmas doesn't celebrate the Orisha. Christmas doesn't celebrate, um, you know, Asar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Christmas celebrates something very specific. It's not an everybody religion, all religion thing. We keep disempowering ourselves when we seek to integrate ourselves in all activities. We are distinct people. You know, we we're, we're look, our people, you know, some of us immigrated to the United States after the 60s, right? You know, people from Africa, from Trinidad and Tobago, from Dominican Republic, from Puerto Rico in mass, um, you know, some of the blacks from Mexico, um, blacks from Britain, you know, most of, you know, a lot of uh, our people who migrated here came after the 60s after a lot of the civil rights work was started, after a lot of the blood was shed, after the foundational blacks, the ADOS, the indigenous, you know, whatever term you want to use. Um, so we have the immigrant blacks. They're still blacks. If you want to use that term, once again, I'm not thinking that was dumb like a hair color or a shape of your lips. I don't think that black... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not a nationality, it's not a legal status. I'm not using any of that, all right? So we have those who came after the 60s. We have those who were enslaved here. And those enslaved included those who were here before the pilgrims 
and those who white supremacists brought over here. All right, so it includes both of those groups. You know, there, there's a couple of Asians that kind of got mixed into our people of color, our colored, our Negro. There are some Native American, Asian Native Americans who got kind of got mixed up in this. You know, I have a Cherokee male bloodline. <laughs> That's a different discussion. But my point is, as varied as we are, when we talk about our people, we need to stop saying that it's an everybody thing because that disempowers us. We should only work to empower ourselves. So when we use history as a tool, and celebrating Juneteenth is using history as a tool, when we use history as a tool, we should do so in a manner that empowers us. Our code is empowerment. We need to get on code, stay on code, and unfortunately, we can't trust our civil rights soldiers with our struggle. We cannot trust our civil rights soldiers with our struggle. They're just not on code. Their code was integration. Their code was get along, you know, go along to get along. You know, you know, their 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 consciousness dealt with kumbaya, my lord. Family, this is not the get along game where everybody we're all gonna go. We not playing that kumbaya game where everybody gets a trophy. No, 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 no. No, we're not playing that game. We shouldn't play that game because if we keep playing that game, we're going to be disempowered more and more and more. So, family, get on code, stay on code, teach the code, become the code. Our code is empowerment and activate the code. So whenever we hear, it's not a black thing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it can be a black thing and still be something that celebrates an aspect of America. It can still be a black thing and still celebrate an aspect of our world. You know, it can still happen. We can have both at the same time. It's not either or. When we hear one of our misguided say, it's really just American history. No, no, no. It's not just American history. The presence of our people in the entire world, our global presence, our global presence, is not American history. We've done things across the entire globe. We should not reduce ourselves to a small area when we're global and we've worked global. No, no, no. Black history is not American history. Dr. King said, I have a dream that, oh, no, no, no. He recanted that three years later, four years later. He recanted that. He took it back. We're not going to promulgate, did I say that right? I'm kind of congested. <laughs> An argument that Dr. King took back. No, no, no. Get on code. Teach the code. Become the code. Act on the code. Our code is empowerment and we love you peace knowledge knowledge